0: Hey, are you alright your energy? You got to get your energy up a little bit.
1: I gotta get my energy up. I'm sorry.
0: music video and and welcome to episode number six zero sixty of the music video land podcast put on by those friends that you can always count on uh, they always uh, are there by your side except for when it's inconvenient um, at imvdb the internet music video database I am vdb.com and uh, I am Adam Fairholm, and with me as usual is Mr. Douglas Klinger from beautiful uh, um, you know all roads lead to Boynton Beach, Boynton Beach, Florida. Doug, how are you?
1: Super good, Adam. Center of the world coming at you. How are you? I'm
0: uh, good. I'll, how many roads lead to Boynton Beach? 95, right?
1: Um, 95 gets here. The Turnpike gets here. um uh
0: uh, military trail gets here those are all the roads so uh, this week on the podcast we have something interv- an interesting interview for you guys we have mr aj jackson who is the front man of saint motel which is a great band out of la and aside from being the front man for the band aj also uh, Drex has directed a lot of their music videos, as well as directed some other music videos. So, uh, we talked to AJ about specifically, really about the um, you know the music videos he's directed for Saint Motel and what it's like being someone in a band, who especially somebody who's so front and center in a band directing music videos for that band. Um, it's an interesting it's an interesting situation, and uh, we're going to be talking to AJ coming up in the second half of this show. But uh, in, in the meantime, you know, we thought we'd talk a little bit about uh, people who are artists who also direct their own music videos.
1: Yeah, that ties, ties right into the interview and uh, that's the overall, really, that's nice the overall how episode, does that. super smooth, super smooth. They, go in, they would go in the same box if they were kept in boxes. What does that mean?
0: Uh, well, I think to start off, I wanted to start off by mentioning something timely and topical. It's important. We're we're a timely podcast. Mm-hmm. Would you agree, Doug? Um, of course. And uh, last week, Justin Bieber, who you may have heard of, he's a popular young artist uh, from Canada, who uh, released a music video, mainly popular for being from Canada, right? Really, people, people like just looked at him and they said, "Music." I give it a two out of ten, but he's from Canada, so looks looks two out of
1: ten. Hard robbery, two out of ten.
0: But Canadian, ten out of ten. You can only you can only get a ten out of ten or a zero to ten. But right. anyway, the, uh, in the news, you I don't know you may have heard may have not depending on the news uh, places that you 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 uh, frequent. Um, but there was this rumor that just somebody had stolen Justin Bieber's laptop, and that they had footage from his IFI, you know camera or something like that. Um and then- also
1: also uh, in- included in this news was that Justin Bieber has no security whatsoever on his <laughs> laptop <laughs> all you need to do is take it and you have everything he knows and has
0: continue exactly there 's no password there 's no nothing and, and all the files are like secret files on the desktop um <laughs> so and then there was this other there was like this Twitter account that was saying i 've got all these f- these f- this footage of you. And I'm going to show it, uh, you know, on this date, which was last week, and and you better get ready. And they they were teasing little, um, you know, clips not clips of a music video, but clips of just him, you know, like paling around with his buddies. And they also acted like they had hacked his his Twitter account, right? I th- I think so. I'm not really sure because cause Justin were... Bieber responded to him. That but
1: then was... there was like all these spams. Like, Justin Bieber from the account was literally spamming. It literally, He literally just put, like, hashtag noon, like, 30 times in the hour leading up to 12 o'clock when the video was supposed to come out. Mm. And it all had just links to the story about the computer being stolen as if it was some kind of, like, you know, anonymous level hacker, like, taking <laughs> over Justin Bieber's account. It's like imagine the anonymous video that came out it's like justin bieber your boyish good looks and your charm have made it so we have to hack you i'm an idiot keep going
0: so anyway it was pretty obvious i mean if you haven't um figured it out by now but the whole thing was a little stunt for his video uh, which was pretty obvious when the guy was like it's gonna come out uh, you know and there was you know People knew that Justin Bieber was making a music video It was going to come out right. around this time. So what he was saying, it's going to come out at 12 noon. And then the guy who was supposed to, you know, the Twitter account was supposed to be the hacker was like, here it is. And then he linked to the video. It was, it was kind of like, uh, it was a, I mean, it was a fun idea, but, uh, it, I think everybody let it like a collective groan if they had been fooled by it once they figured it out. but the That's inter- something
1: you'd expect from Justin Bieber who like all he needs to do is like tweet any video and it goes viral. Like he tweets a video of like some kids like dancing outside of a school and that video gets 50 million views. So like I don't know why he needs to like spam the internet. With- or do,
0: like, viral, like, Blair Witch-style music <laughs> Blair- video marketing. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this yeah. is really going to put us over the top. If I'm, right. if I'm not already the you know, the, the most... eight people
1: who don't know who I am or haven't <laughs> seen my... It's like, little uh, do you know that the boyfriend music video and the baby music video also had viral marketing ploys that were just so good, you didn't even know. You didn't even realize it.
0: You, yeah, it's sort of correct. You have no clue. Um, just losing
1: his touch now.
0: But it's funny at the very beginning of the video, it uh, you know it's the whole concept is that it's like a cell phone cam, like an iPhone cam, and um, and at the very beginning he goes over to like a ping pong table, and on it's written the name of the song, and then written and directed by Justin Bieber, um, so he gets directing credit for this video along with Je- uh, John Chu, also which fits. Fits again right into our topic of convo. That's it's it's interesting. It turns out that that um, you know this phenomenon is pretty pervasive. There are some director or artists out there who are either well known for directing a lot of their music videos, like AJ Jackson, who we have on the podcast today, and some others we'll talk about, and some of them who kind of dip their toes and uh, for good reason kind of go and, and never do that again. Now, it's
1: important to mention that A.J. Jackson is a, like, went to film school and is not just, like, some musician who's like, I would like to also direct. It, <laughs> he's, you know, he's not like James Franco, who's, like, just doing it all. Uh, he is, you know, wh- like, went to film school and the, in, actually the entire band, St. Motel met in film school. And so it's not like he's just giving it a go, Um It is, you know, something that he's actually been trained in. So uh, it was a little bit different there than when, you know, they also put Justin Bieber's name. Like, I don't know how involved Justin Bieber actually was in, you know, directing actors and stuff in this video, more so than he probably would in general. Um, I saw a tweet one time from Frank Ocean that said... um, I always know Nabil, is. It, I'm paraphrasing, it's like I always, and we'll link to it in show notes when we actually find it, um, it says something like, I always know Nabil is nervous about a video when he asks if I want to co-direct it. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and it'll be like, like it'll seem like, I, I think it was like during the editing process that he tweeted this, so the video was like already done, it had ar- it like, the directing portion of it was kind of over and um or what you would think to be is traditionally what a director is doing is like directing actors and stuff and uh that that part was probably already over and he was saying this stuff so it was really funny
0: yeah it's one of the things that um you'll notice for a lot of um sometimes but not always a big name artist they'll al- often have like a co-directing uh they'll share a co-directing credit so they it's kind of like it reminds me of like books you know like when I don't know, like, Sean Hannity writes a book. It's always, you know, Sean Hannity, you know, with such and such. Or, you know, the girl from Blair Witch Project, who another Blair Witch Project mentioned in this podcast. Yeah. It's more than usual. Um, who, you know, I think she the girl from Blair Witch Project, like, wrote a book about how she, like, grows pot in California. And, <laughs> uh, and you know, usually that's ghostwritten um and it'll say you know like uh you know sean hannity with such and such and the one person does the bulk of it and the other person uh kind of like damages Have you ever seen damages where the uh, ted danson character is writing an autobiography and he's got a guy who's writing it for him and he just sits there and tells him stories
1: i haven't seen damages but you'll see this a lot with like um athletes when they have autobiographies or um musicians too like uh I think in like uh, between the ages of like nine and thirteen, I did like twelve book reports on the LL Cool J book, and that (laughs) and that book was uh, because it's like only book I read in those years. That book uh, has has a co-writer, which I felt like I could just go grab it on the bookshelf and look. Hold on, two seconds.
0: There goes Doug. Where did he go, though? Karen Hunter.
1: Karen Hunter is the co-author of LL Cool J's book. <laughs> That's where you're going. going yes, yeah, super important that I got that I got that info because it was sitting on my shelf and wouldn't go checked. Karen Hunter. Important to tell you.
0: So so somebody exists. So an artist that does this a lot or used to do it a lot is Kanye West. Uh, a lot of his like new workout plan. Heard him say, "All falls down." A lot of his early stuff is credited to him as a director as well as somebody else like Chris Milk or director ask X or Billy Bill Plimpton. It's um you know, he, he used to do that and he, in, the, in later years he's just handed over the reins um, to, you know, people like part, Nabil on, who, or, or uh, Hype Williams.
1: He also, di- he also, he did direct that one. um What was it? The Jay-Z Kanye West song. Um,
0: which is actually a great video. And you know, I, I saw something that made me question that a, a little bit. Um, Whether he directed it? I think Paris actually might have directed it. Um, it, it no, it was directed by Kanye West. I was just getting mixed up with the actual title of the song. But that is actually a really good video. It, it is a live video, so it's a little different. Um, but it's uh, I, I really like that one. And he, he actually it, it is does have director credit for Runaway. Um, as well, but I think a lot of his strongest music video work, like um, "Love Doc- Lockdown" uh, and um, uh, "Mercy," are two of my favorites, and those are directed by Simon Henwood and, and Bill Elderkin, uh, respectively.
1: Yeah, um, but there are some cases where an uh, artist is, and, and it kind of goes unnoticed a few times. So there are some cases where an artist. Um, and it's, it can sometimes be a pretty big name artist, it does actually direct a music video effectively. Um, and it's not like a thing where it's like, oh my God, this person directed a video. It was like, just like they stepped in to do that task to make a quality video. And I think a few examples of that are uh, Fred Durst and and Sean Combs, Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, whatever name you know him best as, uh, are, are two examples of some people who who have both uh, effectively directed music videos and haven't really like gone out and been like I'm a music video director and like kind of a, like in the way that you kind of see like when Lady Gaga comes out with the music video and it's like Lady Gaga also directed this mm-hmm. it's like a point Fred Durst directed a bulk of the Limp Biscuit music videos back when Limp Biscuit was a huge you know, a huge act and, and also directed some other music videos for some other bands like Korn and, and and you know, similar acts and then went on to direct, you know, major motion pictures, primarily one starring Ice Cube. But, um, so he, you know, he actually st- stepped in and did it effectively and, and actually had a an actual talent for, for the craft.
0: That's important, yeah, because, you know, it takes a, uh, I mean, as we've learned talking to directors, it takes a certain type of person to be a director. I think, you know, it's not just. Uh, I mean, part of it, I think, is definitely the artistic vision. You know, the vision, overall vision for the project. But um, you know, it's a certain type of personality and a certain type of of. You know, it's a lot. Some of it is management. I mean, especially in a music video, when it's a, where it's a a smaller crew. Um, you know, getting a bunch of people to to do what you need them to do and 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 to create something. And it seems like Fred Durst, especially as evidenced by his later motion picture work, uh, definitely, uh, you know, has a personality that's suited to that. Um, Puff Daddy, Puff Daddy just strikes me as the type of person who's just like, I'm going to direct this and nobody around him is going to say no. So it just happens over and over again. I've, I I Well,
1: I think that could be the case. Maybe now, but he's been directing back since like early, you know, the early 90s. And, you know, I think in that era, especially, I mean, there's a reason Puff Daddy is incredibly successful. I mean, he he's a little bit of a punchline these days sometimes. But I think that especially then, I mean, he is a big part of, of why Biggie Smalls and, and what was so successful and why a lot of acts were successful. And I, And I do think that he just has a sense for what's going to work and so from that perspective I, I i think that he actually could make a really you know good music video director because i think that he you know like i say especially then had had an, a nose for what was going to going to be successful in in pop music and in hip hop and r&b
0: and you know I, I definitely agree with you because if you look at the list of the most the wealthiest hip hop artists out there um, even though Puff Daddy, you're probably, you know, not going, you probably don't have a lot of recent songs on your iPod from Puff Daddy. He's number one in terms of net worth. Um, uh, according to Forbes, his earnings in 2011 were $35 uh, million, but his net worth is around $550 million.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and he was making, there were some years where he was just making gobs of money just, you know, in, from every direction, you know, just from fashion and from music and from like alcohol just anywhere he, he was getting paid from all the m- movies but yeah you know i think that he you know now i don't know how t- how t- how involved he was technically but um yeah I, th- I do think that he was probably you know probably a reason why some of the videos where he's he's a director and, and and some of them you know of course there's some obvious ones some for himself and some for biggie and some for you know the artists that he was closely affiliated with but he's also uh, credited as the director of the OutKast Players Ball video, which is a really, you know, great, you know, Southern hip-hop video, which you didn't, there weren't direct ties to, you know, OutKast and Puff Daddy, especially back then, uh, you know, that the New York style and of music and the Southern style of music were pretty separate during that era. So, um, yeah, I think that he was just the type of person who, who could make something work. And, uh, you know, a lot of times that's what you get when you see these, artists who also direct music videos is they are really aware of what's going to be commercially successful and, and that's what you're going to you know look look for when you're
0: looking for a music video director sometimes a uh, little, little a trivia who's no, who who's number two on the richest uh, most wealthy rappers list
1: does it it's someone who's actually rapped lyrics or is it someone who's just involved in hip-hop uh, so like russ simmons isn't anywhere on that list
0: um no
1: okay so the second one maybe like master p or something no it's actually jay-z jay-z oh yeah i'm an idiot of course is master
0: p in the top five he is not no it goes let me just read you the top five um since this is pretty interesting uh uh, puff daddy or p diddy or whatever um sean or jay-z uh dr dre uh, birdman and uh 50 cent
1: Gosh, I, I'm such an idiot, though. Master P, Master P definitely was at a time, though, because he was another one with when they had, like, you know, had a record label and owned all the masters and all of that stuff, and and were were um, making money in, in all sorts of different different uh, realms. But all those guys, you see, uh, n- none of those people on that list, except for Jay Z, are are really known for being the best rappers there are.
0: Right. Um, Actually, Master P isn't even on the top. Twenty earners list for.
1: Uh, I, I didn't realize what that list was. What is that list? Uh,
0: the list I was previously reading from was just the as of 2012 the richest mm-hmm. uh, rappers of r- rich is wealthiest hip wealthiest hip hop artists. Uh, yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm also looking at a list of the top 20 uh, 2011 earners, which is really interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't put. I definitely don't think Master P would be even close to that list because he definitely made a lot most of his money back. 10, 15 years ago. Um, although, although
0: I just just one quick interesting thing: Ludacris is number ten. While Nicki Minaj is uh, tied for fifteenth. Um, Does
1: Ludacris, t- Ludacris have like um, lots of endorsements or something with with major brands? I know he definitely did until Bill O'Reilly put a stop to that. Uh,
0: I do I do not know. I have not had any products sold to me by Ludacris in the last little while. So I'm so oh concerned.
1: also so Dr Dre and Fifty Cent.
0: Is that because of the headphones? Could be. Yeah, the people who are near the top are in a lot of auxiliary things, which drive me nuts. But that's a topic for another podcast. Um, Right, and that's
1: that's a lot of reason why those those products are popular too. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. It's not you know it's because he's Dr. Dre that people initially bought those headphones. Not to say that they're not good headphones, but you know, Bose isn't
0: a rapper, and so (laughs) Beats by Dre. Oh man. Well, anyway, I I I think we should mention one last uh, mention in here, which is I I think Doug and I you agree that, that you and I agree this is the biggest car wreck in terms of an artist trying to direct their own video, and that is Lady Gaga's "Mary the Night." Are we in agreement, sir?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Um, as we we mentioned this before, so I won't spend too much time on this, but this is a, a close to fourteen minute video, um, which is mostly uh, you know, very artistic. You know, it's one of those ones that's the song is only part of a of a longer kind of short film, really. And it has that that uh, semi famous for all the wrong reasons shot of Lady Gaga, in, you know, pouring Cheerios all over herself with smeared mascara. Um, there's just not a lot to say about this video. It's just it's just mind numbingly boring. And um...
1: which is the exact opposite of what they were going for. Not a lot to say is not what they wanted. <laughs> they wanted you to be talking about everything
0: oh the cheerios
1: and oh the shitty beginning and oh the shitty middle and you don't talk about any of that stuff
0: and i looked at i watched it today it's not uh, horrible but i just i just don't i just um i think it's a very very good example of an artist when they're you know when they get to a place where they're looking to experiment artistically a lot they can do that with music and then it's sort of like music videos are in the corner and then some artists look over there and they're like Oh yeah, like I can screw with that too. Like in the music videos are like, "No, don't look at me," like trying to make not to make eye contact. Um but and but Lady Gaga definitely got that idea there and definitely w- went full tilt. So, um I guess uh I guess that's that's uh that that's our examples. I'm sure there are many more. Yeah, but we we I think we 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 went through some good ones. Some good ones, and I never knew Fred Durst directed all his videos because I've really never seen a lot of Limp Bizkit videos. But they're good; I like them. They're, yeah, they're not bad. It's I
1: I, I always f- find it funny that because I always thought like back in the day like Corn versus Limp Bizkit, and the fact that he's like directing Corn videos
0: just Korn super funny. Corn versus Limp Bizkit.
1: I mean, it I, it obviously wasn't. They like went went on tour together and stuff. I think, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that just in like the my middle school, it was you either liked one or the other. Um people love hearing about my middle school days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Should do a whole podcast on that. But before we get to no, that No sixty three will be. <laughs> before we get to that, we I mean we have our main event for this podcast, which is our interview with Mr. AJ Jackson. We had just spent a long time talking about uh directors who who are in an who are, artists are in a, a band who are directing music videos for that band. So we're gonna hear from one of them in person uh right now to get that perspective and i definitely uh, w- uh go to the show notes um imvdb.com slash podcast uh, and uh check out the link to the aj jackson's page on imvdb and i definitely encourage you to take a look at uh, 1997 by saint motel and puzzle pieces by saint motel which are are two, two my uh, favorites um before uh, before listening to the interview so without any further ado here is our interview with Mr AJ Jackson of Single Hotel.
2: I'm AJ Jackson and I make music and film.
0: Now you are you have a unique perspective in that you are a music video director, but you're also the frontman of a band, Saint Motel. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the origins of that band and, and what you guys are doing now.
2: Well, we we started in film school and um, I think that's when I, where I started making music videos. Um, my first music video was for an old band we had in college. Um, But yeah, I mean, most members are kind of involved in film in some capacity. Some still are. Um, I I direct and edit still, and a lot of that's from the road. Um, The bassist translates movies into Thai. The guitarist doesn't really do any film stuff anymore. Sometimes he works production on like film sets, but not usually. More like graphic design. And then the drummer was working production right out of school, like for E and other kind of more reality-based shows, but I don't I don't know if he's doing that as much, like, anymore. We, we're all kind of much more music-focused. Um, but yeah, I don't know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of music directors probably have some experience in making music. Um, um I mean, maybe not. Maybe I'm just <laughs> <laughs> But, I don't know, it definitely helps, because I feel like I'm always, I'm always seeing visuals and I'm hearing music. Um, and I think I've, uh, I don't uh know. I feel like it it's it definitely affected me somehow. I'm not really sure exactly how.
1: How did you end up being the one of the group since you guys all started in film school? How did you guys, how did you end up being the one who directed the videos uh, out of the bandmates?
2: I, I guess none of the other guys really were directors. Um That was never there, like, main goal, like um, Aaron the guitarist was more like film studies and the uh, artistic aspect of film making and the theory behind it rather than production as much. Um, uh, I don't know, it's something, I, I just, I love making music videos. I think it's just such a great like small period of time to make something that doesn't necessarily need to be narrative or can be narrative or you have a lot of freedom um, with them especially something I really enjoy doing and the reason I think I end up doing them a lot besides our friends and other people that want to direct me because for the band is mostly because because I am so invested in the band as well I I try to bring as much as I like can to the production and we typically don't have massive budgets so a lot of it is favors and and um donations, and friends helping out. And actually, pretty much every video we've done has been like that. I think we're, we're always well below what a typical music video rate should probably be for anything we've done. So I think I just end up directing a lot of them out of necessity. Because um, a lot of friends have offered to do stuff, and I just kind of feel bad telling them what our actual budget is. So I wouldn't really <laughs> want to make anyone else direct a video for that little, so I just do my myself. <laughs> I try to get, I try to get, you know, resourceful and creative.
1: And a uh, director that you have worked with, uh, Carlos Lopez Estrada, does that relationship come through a, a personal relationship? Was it more of just a favor when working with him?
2: Yeah, that was um, a personal relationship, a friend introduced us. We went to the same school. Um, and uh, we, I mean, he, he was doing, I think, a project at that time and uh, we started doing a video together and really liked him and we worked really well together. And he's done two videos for us and we were hopefully gonna do a third one pretty soon. It's a really an epic idea. Um, but hopefully we can get that one going pretty soon too. But he's he's a great director and then we did a video with, uh, with a friend named Evan um, out of New York and he was a friend of our manager, and he was just in town, and he was like, can I do something for you guys? And at that point, we had so many videos for our first EP um, that we decided, you yeah, know, why don't we just make a video for every song? And that's how that first EP, Four play had a video for every song, Was just, just kind of ended up that way. when We were already, like, four videos deep into a six-song EP. We were like, let's just do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I noticed, um, you know, you ha- you have a ton of, of videos and you have the the, the EP and then um, the the album that just came out or it came out recently what what has been the, the advantage of releasing so many videos for and even for your dictator there's two one directed by Estrada one directed by you for the same sparrow remix um, yeah what, what, have you seen any advantage for you know putting out a lot of video content for for your music more attention more anything?
2: Well, I would say, you know, we, for the EP, at least, it was uh, it was kind of more of the, I guess, part of the EP was having a video for everything. Um, and at that point, we were doing a lot of, you know, we still are doing a lot of visual stuff live, too, but we wanted to be kind of a visual band as well as, you know, our music. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like it's, it's we're we do not obviously do a video for every song um it's, it's a pain to do a video for every song and you know you should really just put as much as you can into one great video but um, there is something be said for content and having content to go out like we we never really released a full-length album before now and our you know, that's kind of a new thing for us, because we typically rather just put out a song here or there, or an EP here or there, because if you put out an album, it only lasts you so long before it's not really relevant anymore. If we have to put out another album, but if you put out song after song after song, it can just last you for a long time. And, and videos are kind of the same way. Like, videos, I think, can resonate even stronger sometimes with the blogosphere. Um, videos are, I mean, cause anybody with a laptop is making music, not anybody with a laptop is necessarily making music videos at this point, although it's, you know, becoming more and more, mm-hmm. but music videos are still more sacred, I would say probably than just songs. Like a blogger will probably be sent hundreds of songs a week or a day, you know, like a video is, is much less likely, a high production video is much less likely to, to be sent your way. So I don't know, a video is probably more valuable. As far as like content goes, especially if it's done well enough to, you know, promote the song the way it should be in the band and um, be interesting and unique. And yeah, videos can be very helpful. But with us, like, it's kind of tough because that EP, the idea was let's get some directors together and let's make a music video for every song, and they weren't all thought out as far as keeping the same tone or style, so they are kind of each kind of director's vision, which can be good, can be bad. A lot of my favorite bands that have um, have collaborations with music video directors that are kind of consistent, have a, a look or like a feel throughout the entire band. I don't know, album or whatever. Mm. So, I don't know, there's, there's something to be said both ways, content. And quality, you just
0: have to change that. Now, you know, in, in terms of you know having the videos out there for band promotion and and the band image, you know, you talked to you know, you mentioned that you know you're the front man for the band and you direct a, a portion of the videos. You would think that you know you would be kind of front and center for them. Yet in you know nineteen in nineteen ninety seven and puzzle pieces, um, you know, in, in one of them there's somebody else, you know two other people entirely who are singing and playing the music, and the other one you're behind the camera. It's your perspective, and we only see you through a mirror. Is that a conscious choice to kind of keep yourself out of the limelight of those videos? Because we see the other band members a lot more
2: yeah I don't know um <laughs> maybe i mean i I'm, that could be part of it um but I think a lot of it else has to do with i i, I like a lot of videos that the band's not necessarily the performance video is not like the main focus of it um so with nineteen ninety seven i mean I kind of made the band the secondary characters um And I kinda I kind of enjoyed that. It was weird, I'm sure, like, for people to be seeing other people singing the lyrics and stuff, but I don't know. I I just think it's kind of fun to have less performancy videos. That's why I like doing videos and stuff for electronic artists or people that don't necessarily need to abandon it at all. You can you can have a lot more freedom that way than you have to fit a performance in, you know, the chorus here and make it make sense for whatever the video is. Um but yeah, I don't know. It hasn't really been too crazy to uh, be able to direct myself at all. I don't think that's really the issue of why I'm not in it so much. I think it is more of a conscious choice of, since, uh, I don't know, it's just just a conscious choice to be less performance-driven video, for, at least for that video it was. And for the next video coming out, it's a similar... Um, next video is for a song called Benny Goodman and the band is kind of supporting role in that as well. Uh, We're definitely in it and there's kind of another similar psychedelic bridge in the video as well that has a lot of performance in it too but there's a main character who's this amazing little dancer named Miles Brown, Baby Boogaloo and he's like a little (laughs) Michael Jackson type character and he uh he actually is playing kind of like a similar Michael Jackson type character. (laughs) And it's kind of an origin of the Jackson five from the Jackson four kind of story. And his dad in the video is Derek Tuggle, the the lonely boy video guy. And he's place at the Dresden again. It sounds awesome. uh, It's kind of like the story of Benny Goodman is he kind of was down and out. And right before he was about to give up, he hit it big at the, uh, Calamar Ballroom in Englewood it was the last off of this tour which was like a horrible failure of a tour and all of a sudden you know everything worked out so it's like I was like, no I don't want to be too on the nose with Benny Goodman or I don't want to fairly go for like a um, retro like let's go black and white kind of you know hopping around kind of dancing video so it's like well, let's take that concept and just go a little bit kind of absurd I don't know how Andrew, I ended up where it is it's kind of weird <laughs> I don't know why it's like uh the way it is, but eh, it I felt like it, it works. Um, and, and, and it was really
1: fun to do. And and you mentioned in that nineteen ninety seven video uh, other people uh playing your your song. Um where I wonder if you could explain the origin of those two cast members. Were was that just like uh were they actors or that is that an actual house band somewhere?
2: Oh man. Well, do you know about Marty Nolan
0: in the dressing room? We do you not I do know? Not.
2: Oh, okay, well, Marty and Lane are this legendary jazz duo that have been playing for about 20-something years. I want to say 28 years. I always get that wrong, I'm not sure. But they've been playing pretty consistently for that entire time. Um, uh, Tuesday through Saturday, I think it is. And they start about 7 p.m., and, and they go till bar close. And, and they're very old at this point, and they just, like... They still just go at it, and it's, it's amazing. Like they're really great performers, and they do jazz versions of popular songs. And people will go up and sing with them. I mean, they they had a cameo in uh, Swingers, which is kind of like their claim to fame. But they're a staple of the kind of Los Angeles music scene, I guess. They've been around forever, and they're they're legends. Um. So really, what the the story with 1997 was is I was going to go to Vegas to scout a couple hotels that offered us we could shoot there as long as the band played a concert. So the night before I left for Vegas I met my friends for a drink at the Dresden, which I've been to many times. Um, I was just in the bar and watching Marty Lane do probably a cover of staying alive. I was like, man, this is this this is what a song should should be. Like we should just have the band be sitting at this piano bar. And I didn't really necessarily go a psychedelic at that point. But for about two weeks, I was, um, it was really hard to get to shoot in that place. It's it's all very old ownership. It's very sensitive, and uh, Marty and Elaine were, were very hard to kind of talk to get into it. And and in the end, we just didn't. They were down to be in the video, but we couldn't really. Their schedule is they wake up at seven, they go to sleep at seven, and we only had the Dresden from. Uh, um, you know, before it opened, so early morning to, you know, late afternoon. Um, And in the end, they just weren't able to switch their schedule around because they've been 28 years of 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., and, you know, they just don't really want to change. So (laughs) I ended up hiring uh, musicians to kind of fill that role. And they were pretty great people, Judy Davis and Donald Stewart. Yeah, it was it was pretty great. We didn't have that much rehearsal, and the song is kind of weird, so a lot of it is uh, is kind of <laughs> in the editing, making it look as in as possible. But they were pretty elderly actors, and uh, we were shooting in pretty pretty tight schedule, and um, it was a, you know pretty chaotic atmosphere with all the, the cranes and the extras, and you know I think it was it was a lot to ask. For, for you know older actors like that to be playing those songs and feeling it, but I think we we barely got enough to make it seem convincing. Did, did you guys think that it was convincing enough? They were playing the song?
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. I it was yeah was 100 convinced because yeah they they even seemed like they were you know they they knew the lyrics and and un- understood them.
2: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I mean, I thought I, it just felt perfect. The, the initial idea in Vegas. The song has kind of sinister undertones, and it's about friendship on the surface. And I wanted something kind of, something kind of creepy, and weird. An initial idea was going to be really weird, but uh, maybe I'll save that for another video. It <laughs> featured the um, Mac Tonight uh, version of that guy, the old early '90s McDonald's Moon Man piano player.
0: Oh, 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 yeah! I think I remember that.
2: Yeah, and a floating piano and <laughs> patron saint of lost children. <laughs> you show up on your roof. It was going to be pretty interesting. But yeah, I don't know. I i'm really happy with the Dresden and, and the idea and how it
0: turned out. So you got the location that that you wanted but the 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 original the original duo didn't work out. Do I have that correct? That's correct, yeah. Okay.
2: It was uh, it was tough. I, I went there and stayed there and drank with him for oh man. but in the end it's just like and I totally understand uh, they have a schedule um 7 you wake up at 7pm you go to sleep at 7am every day I used to change that
0: yeah that's an interesting schedule I don't know if I could do that um
2: you, if you guys come on you should check it out man they are like no other people they're amazing
1: Nice. Yeah, when you when you mentioned uh, swingers, I I remember them, and I also saw them on an episode of uh, Storage Wars, which I'm embarrassed to admit that I've <laughs> seen and watched, but it's fine. Uh, I I was wondering, AJ, is the is the approach when you're working with uh you know a, a band that you're not in yourself the same as when working on a, a music video for your own band?
2: It's it's pretty similar. Um, I, I was saying that, you know, even if it's my own band, I have to pitch the idea to them and, um, come up with the treatment and everything and I don't necessarily have that in the bag, even though it is my band. So, I mean, I feel like it's it's kind of a it's a similar approach no matter what, um you just kind of I guess, uh it's just kind of what the song brings to mind. Mixed with, of course, like, I don't know, ideas that I already have that I can pull from. And mixed with what their resources are and what their requirements are. If they need to have, you know, a dancing midget of some sort in their video or whatever <laughs> it is, it's just take all those guidelines into consideration. No matter who the artist is.
1: And so you're you're when with your own band then you're 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 still you know, writing out a full treatment and, and submitting it to the rest of the
2: members? Yeah, yeah. And the management and everybody and have to get approval.
0: Oh wow, so you still go through the whole process. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh for sure. And you know, speaking of other artists and, and and videos for other artists uh you mentioned that Doug and I wanted to ask you about this that you you did a, a video for Barry Manilow that didn't get released I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that cuz that's a uh, interesting artist to do a music video for Yeah it was it was great um well actually no I
2: I guess it wasn't great it was kind of <laughs> uh it was kind of horrible <laughs> um, it was great to do something for Barry Manilow Um, it was really, really kind of short notice, and it was a really low budget, and it was right before I was leaving for tour, and I decided, you know what, it's fucking Barry Manilow, I'm gonna try to make this work. So we shot the video, and they liked it, and they might still be putting it out, but the thing was, they ended up not really putting out that song, um, so who knows, maybe it'll still come out, maybe it won't, um... It was probably one of the most intense shoots ever, with the amount, with the lack of prep time, and I was editing that on the road, on tour, and you know, trying to submit selects, and they had this crazy deadline. And then I finally hit it, and then it just still sitting on it. So it was an intense, intense couple of weeks.
0: And when when was this? Was this early this year?
2: No, this was like a year ago. Oh, okay. Maybe a little bit more.
0: And is for the short, you know, prep time, was it a, a, a technically difficult video or was it relatively simple in concept?
2: Well, it was also something that I don't normally do, like, lyric videos, and he wanted a lyric video, um, like, or I don't know if he did or his management did, but they, you know, wanted it to be kind of uh, hip and current feeling, and I guess lyric videos are kind of modern phenomena, so the idea was to do a lyric video over, um, a narrative story. Um, hmm. and you know, that was a good example of, I had a few things they wanted to see, which was, you know, kind of like a party scene and a young Manilow. And, uh, you know, the, the idea wasn't super crazy. Um, it was just trying to coordinate posts very fast and, uh, we we shot in one giant location and just shot around this like kind of office slash mega um, loft in the arts district. We shot on I think we had two reds and we we're just we didn't have to sync anything really, so that was easier. It was just we didn't have much time. It was just pretty crazy to get everything together.
0: Um, I'm gonna go on a limb and say that Barry Manilow does not know what a lyric video is. I'm just <laughs> I mean, I, I'm guessing he doesn't. Who knows?
2: Like, it's like, you know, who knows who's pushing what buttons and pulling what strings with artists.
0: That's true. Well, at least with with your band, you know. You have an inside inside look at that. You know, if someone's trying to pull a string, you know which one it is.
2: That's true. I guess I did have an inside look, and that's a lot of uh, management, you know, and wants certain things, band wants certain things, and bands often want conflicting things. Um, You know, uh, a line of artistic video versus, you know, something marketable or close to the band's image or something that'll, I don't know, resonate with a larger rather than a smaller audience.
0: And is that Um, a discussion that you guys have a lot in internal? Because I know you guys do a lot you know conceptual video work especially in you know in your live show you guys have mentioned having a I think you read about it, a piano that when you hit a key has a different uh, you know projects something different um, is 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 there a, a a push and pull between something more commercial and something more conceptual
2: yeah definitely with same hotel i mean it it's pop music so it's a uh, definitely definitely you know trying to appeal to all sorts of ranges of people. Um, but at the same time, we like to do things like, I mean, we like to do everything we do as unique as possible and uh, every so often weird. Um, I feel like we were trying to, we kind of, what we ended up settling with was, as I was pitching this idea, was the Dresden as kind of representing the album that we were putting out and that the, vid- the videos inside the Dresden were different stories um like different songs within the context of the album so like if the album is the dresden and the videos we shot in different places inside the dresden the the album is the album and the songs were different stories within that context that makes any sense
0: and and then dresden is the is the venue
2: yeah dresden's the the bar restaurant that we shot at we shot both videos at the dresden
0: Okay, I didn't make that connection. I, I, I oh, yeah. sort of made that connection in my head that there were similar places, but that's that's really interesting connecting the videos, of the album by the place where the music video is shot. That we've never really heard of that. Yeah,
2: before. yeah, that was that was kind of the idea I wanted to do with this. Um, in fact, we did end up shooting at the uh, this hotel in Vegas. I was going to try to to do something and then kind of maybe tease the introduction of the video with like you know what floor we are descending on the elevator, hmm. and kind of like um, trying to connect the building with the album and the songs with the specific stories inside
0: it. That's really interesting. That's a, that's a really interesting concept. Um, and, and in terms of more videos for, uh, the current album, is there anything else that we should be looking at, uh, looking for on the horizon within the next few months?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the Benny Goodman video is coming out pretty soon in the next couple of weeks. And, um, we might do a couple of little promo videos too for the album or for that for that video with the actors because they're so unique um and we'll just do a couple more things with that too so we're going to try to put out a lot of stuff with this video in the next month i would say and then and then yeah uh, we'll see more videos hopefully on the horizon
0: Dancing. Oh yeah. As a as a person who's not a dancer, I, I the, the puzzle pieces video gets me a little nervous. I don't know. As someone who has a So this isn't a bone to pick, but I'm just saying there's a very yeah. visceral reaction I get to watch that video because it's a first person video and because I I I have I have night I have a recurring some some recurring themes in nightmares. not exactual scenarios, but I think just like everybody you have nightmares where you're unprepared for something and sometimes like when I was getting married, I had a, a few where, like, a, I just hadn't done anything for the wedding and it sucked, uh, which is close to the truth. But I except um, for when you took
1: dance lessons,
0: except for when I took dance lessons. But uh, but for this video, it's like the, the whole concept is like you're filling in for this guy, for this show that everybody want and everybody's watching you dance. And I can just I can just feel what that feels like in reality. And it, it's it's an awful feeling. I, it's but anyway.
1: Anyway, you know what isn't an awful feeling? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: hold on! You just glossed over that like you're gonna cut it out.
1: No, I'm not gonna. Cu- I'm not gonna cut it out. I'm gonna leave it in there because I got. To, I I got to mention the fact that you took dance lessons for your wedding. You got to tie um, uh, the interviews to your personal life, which is great and important. And then now we're on to picks of the week. That's how we do these.
0: Dance lessons useless. <laughs> Taking dance lessons is useless. Uh for me, it is yeah,
1: okay, good. It probably would be for me too, if I ever needed to, which uh I don't want to,
0: so anyway, uh, you're right, dealing.
1: um do I... you have one I have one do you have one?
0: I do have one, of course, mine
1: ties into the topic,
0: mine does not tie into the topic, but go ahead,
1: so I'll go first to kind of keep all of us stuff together and then leave you as like a little outlier, okay, there at good. the end you're you'll be our little one off and hmm. you know, um. All right. My pick, my my pick of the week is by a band named uh, Diane Wood. That's how I say it. Other people say it differently. I say Diane Wood because those are the letters that are in the word. Other other people say it different, um, including the members of the band. <laughs> uh, this is, and the song, the song is "Fatty Boom Boom." Um, this ties into the topic of today's episode because. Like most Diet Antwood videos, uh, Ninja, who is the primary MC along with Yo Visser uh, of the group, is credited as the director, um, along with uh, Ter- Terrence Neely and Saki Fockenberg. Uh,
0: that was a good try. That was a good try.
1: <laughs> I think that's his name. Uh, I. I uh, that's a, it's my favorite name I've ever read. Um, so, this video is wacky backy. It, it features a uh, Lady Gaga look-alike, um, and, uh, who is visiting South Africa to do a show, and then uh, her taxi driver and security <laughs> are murdered by... <laughs> by random men with machine guns, and then, uh, Lady Gaga then runs away in fear, and meanwhile, um, there are amazing performance shots of Yo know, Landy and Ninja. Uh, sometimes they're painted entirely black. Sometimes they're painted entirely white. Um, all the times they're being amazing. Uh, <laughs> and then, if you, uh, there was a teaser video for this video, which it, which featured a lot of South Africans and a doctor, uh, who <laughs> a doctor who was talking about penis cream, which doesn't make an appearance in this actual video. Uh, uh, God, I love these guys, and I don't even know how to say the name of the group, which is fine. I don't think they mind. Um, but yeah, it's funny because Ninja is is often listed as the director of a video, and you would belie- and I do believe it, because if you before they were Dian Wood, Ninja and Yo were part of another kind of I don't even know what you call it crew called Constructus Corporation. Um, and they, they made rap songs and funny videos as well, and they were a lot lower budget. And it, it really appears that Ninja kind of shot and made these himself. I don't know anybody's real name in this group. I never wanted to look it up because they're just amazing as the characters that they are right now. Um, anyway, I don't want to talk anymore about this video. Just go check it out. Watch as much as you can from from, from these folks because I love them so much. Diane Wood, Fatty Boom Boom check
0: it out. What, what about the R in their name? Isn't it Di Antwoord? I don't know what it is. You know, we have a contact over at a popular but South America, or di- South, or South African music blog. Gonna be di- our, our, di- yeah,
1: I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Does it matter? We. Everyone knows who you're talking about. I, guess I say so. I say Ninja and Yolandi right because...
0: Oh, yeah, because he says the Andy in the thing. The fucking, the
1: fucking Aunt word. <laughs> That's how you say it. The fucking Aunt word. That's it. So, that's how you say it. Uh, uh, they're the best. They're the best. They're the best. How do you feel about our friends? That fucking Oh,
0: I love it. It's the best. They're just. That music video is just. The, the, the thing about their music videos is they're just non stop. You can't stop looking at them. Usually I will, like, kind of chop through music video because I'm like, oh, all right, I understand what's going on here. But here, I just, you just can't wait. Um, and even when, even when they're just performing, they're just such kind of the, earlier, the early, people.
1: Yeah, the earlier stuff, talking about, like, a Blair Witch kind of thing, because the earlier stuff, I was still fooled. And I thought that these were real people, especially the that first video by them where they're, like, in what appears to be some kind of, like, South African ghetto. And they're like, yeah, we live across the street from each other. And they're just, like,
0: <laughs> they're it's just like some
1: fat guy. The DJ Attack has a PC computer, and they're just, like, talking all this ridiculous shit.
0: You have a pretty good impression of of, uh, of these guys.
1: Yeah, I try. I do my best. I can't do Yolandi, though, because uh, she's... Uh, uh she's a specimen she's oh man she's 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 the cell for me yo landy Vissner. Um, yeah but
0: and her outfit one of the the outfits in the video you that is your pick of the week is uh basically blackface for her entire body which is interesting yeah
1: now um, they also do it in all white so mm-hmm. it, you, it it could easily just be like oh that's just like a black and white stylistic it's not a race thing but they do like it is like she is like a little white girl, and they are in in South Africa, and pretty much the entire remainder of the cast are black people. So, um, you know, this this crew has never shied away from towing any kind of lines, racial, cultural, um, social. You know, they they fuck with it all. So,
0: well, my pick of the week this week is uh, my girl Lana Del Rey. I wanted to I wanted to pick this video because I I'm always because you know her time her time are kind of initial kind of novelty factors wearing off, and um, it's time for her to release something new. She's been touring, and uh, l- late last week we got what that is going to be, and that is a song called "Ride," which is a single. It's not part of any album. And we got a music video, <clears throat> which uh, also ties in because it is, follows the same general format as Lady Gaga's Mary the Night," where uh, you have a cinematic opening with no music, but you have uh, a kind of this meandering monologue. And it's directed by An- Anthony Manuel Mandler, who uh, um, who directed uh, National Anthem. As well as some, as well as like starships by Nicki Minaj this year and Madness by Muse, which is another fantastic music video. So he's on a massive roll, and um, <clears throat> this is a music video where Lana Del Rey is definitely in the 80s setting, and that's what I find interesting about this music video. They 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 went 80s, but they went. Um, I, 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 not like you know, disco '80s. They went vintage '80s. Uh, Ellen Ray even changed her hair up for this. She's she's like, like dark brunette, and she's got the whole perm thing going on, or semi perm, and she's traveling with this gang of like bikers around the U.S. And she's not really doing much of anything besides that. Um, but it's there are some really interesting imagery, and what I what struck me. She's doing the, some hooking. She's doing some hooking. She's doing a little bit of hooking and she's also maybe getting um, uh, somebody's possibly hitting her from behind on a pinball table, it's a little ambiguous. Um, But I like uh, kind of interesting imagery in pop music videos which I think has been missing for a little while and there's this really interesting image of her on a tire swing in the desert where obviously there's nothing to hook it up to except for the sky. And it's just an interesting visual. They don't use it too much. They, usually actually, they actually use it for the single cover. So there's a tie-in between the single artwork and the, and the music video, which, which is always interesting when they do. Um, but I just thought that was a really kind of clever uh, visual, something kind of surreal put into this very kind of gritty 80s... Uh, 80s world here. Um, and they also do some interesting visuals with the um, Indian headdress that she's... But the thing is the, the, the riders that she with she's with are not like... It's not like the Jude, the Lady Gaga Judas video where the riders are like good-looking guys. These are like beer-gut old mustache rider guys. Um, um, biker guys who she's hanging out with. So, as you mentioned, Doug, their the relationship between them is a little ambiguous and so they may be paying her to hang around. Or,
1: or, or forcing her, or something. There's a lot of violence and guns and a lot of su- suggestive things. Um, yeah, yeah it, it works for me a little bit better than that Gaga video. I know that you drew some comparisons.
0: Well, I think there's a, a lot of comparisons there. In, in that there's, it's like I said, the um, the monologue at the beginning and also the length of it. This one's ten minutes. Uh, five minutes shorter than lady gaga's Mary the night but still a pretty good length but the thing is is that um, i think that when you get down to it uh, the visuals for this and sort of the um, layers of this are a lot more easily discernible and kind of more enjoyable that way because they're more understandable than lady gaga's which is um, Borderline incoherent for me in a lot of places. yeah. No, it is. No, it is. Um, this one is interesting. This one it has uh, some flair for you know narrative layers, and Anthony Mandler as um, especially with National Anthem with this has really done a great job of uh, creating these videos for Lady Gaga, which are really interesting. Nope. I think really. Um,
1: you said creating for Lady Gaga.
0: For Lana Del Rey, which are really interesting, and I, and I think he's doing uh, some of the best uh, like really pop. Popular work that uh, that I'm enjoying right now.
1: Yeah, he's he's hit him out of the park, and I think that that's you know that's the difference because I think what is uh Lana Del Rey's like a writer co-writer on this video, right? Uh, let's mm-hmm. check. So yeah, Lana Del Rey's like a co-writer on this video, so she is still able to like kind of get her uh, artistic influence in there, and maybe for better or for worse. But then you know that you know getting a professional, you know top-notch director involved in the project as well, you're gonna get. Some success because of that, I think, and I think you're getting that uh, that that here in this ride video. Um, there's a track called "Ride In" with ASAP Rocky featuring Lana Del Rey off the new ASAP Rocky mixtape. Great song, so check it, check that out too.
0: Lana Del Rey is everywhere. She was she uh, also sang on one of the uh, tracks off of Bobby Womack's uh, latest album, the sort of well, like Bobby a- Womack comeback album.
1: ASAP is in that. Uh, in her national anthem video as well so there's hmm. those there's that direct tie right there so um i, I think, think she's she's trying to get she's trying to get cool with with asap because he's he's cool
0: he is cool um and you know who else is cool is anthony Man mandler he's becoming fast becoming one of my favorite directors i i will put his uh his page in the show notes but um He's been doing this for a while, 12 years, and uh, he's got a lot of fantastic videos to his credits. You'll see his name a lot. Yeah, definitely.
1: Definitely someone who's a big pop uh, music video director who definitely is uh, doing it right. Doing it right. Way to go, Anthony.
0: Hey, Anthony, you're such a great director.
1: We're so proud of Anthony.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, a lot of Rihanna videos. I like, oh, God, I love Rihanna. Um,. She's got a
1: she's got a, a
0: future in this business. She does. I you know I'm I'm surprised. I think she's on the top earners. I think I closed that tab. But I, she's def- almost she has to be on the top earners. She's on like in but 2009. She, she was on every hip-hop? song.
1: But she's a kind as hip hop, does she?
0: Mm, I guess not. I guess she just kind of gets
1: a pop. little. I think it's a stretch. I and mean, she's in she's in a lot of hip hop songs, and she's she's friends with a lot of hip hoppers. But um, hmm. I don't know if she herself. Is in the at Specs Music if they put her CD in the hip hop
0: section. Are there any? I haven't been into a music store since I was probably twenty. Well, I
1: guess technically you've been into a Best Buy, right?
0: Yeah, but you notice every time I go into a Best Buy, the CD racks get smaller and smaller. I think it's a (laughs) closer walk to like the dishwashers now than it is to. (laughs)
1: uh, they are they're shrinking you're right
0: sign of the times and a sign of the time that this podcast is ending is that we're pretty much out of time would you agree yes
1: yeah, the sign of the, the podcast is ending is that we end it yes